Keep the change, you filthy animal. Today's episode, Home Alone versus Home Alone 2, Lost in New York versus Home Sweet Home Alone. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, the podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere from two movie aficionados? I'm the forgetful mother who should probably be, you know, watched by the government, shady. And with me is my sociopathic son, John. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, I feel seen right now. Great. I also, John, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, We Hate Movies, but I believe that the same week we're releasing this, they're going to be releasing an episode on Home Alone. Great. On like the Monday. And I'm like, oh no, our hated rivals, because you know, we're rivals to them. Of course. Yes. They're always like, oh no, movie deja vu. But you know what? They're only talking about one movie. We're talking about three movies and i have a feeling while recording this episode we're (laughs) gonna break our usual mold because (laughs) on paper john thought it was gonna be like a remake kind of but Uh in reality oh we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it the trailer really did not sell me on what that movie actually was oh no no. The trailer like, very much sells it's home alone, but now it's 2020 or 2021. I don't know what year it's supposed to be. A year with not Alexa. What do, what do they call it? Who cares? Not well, we'll just say not Alexa. Not Alexa. <laughs> and not Siri. <laughs> right. Oh my god, these movies. All right, well, let's get into it. First, in 1990, we get Home Alone, written by the late, great John Hughes. And I'm so sorry, John. I'm probably going to go on a tear about him at some point. Listen, we need content. So, yeah, do it. He's a legend. (laughs) And he's a legend for a really good reason. He is. He did the Brat Pack? Yes. Uh, he, he wrote and directed Pretty in Pink, uh, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club. Weird Science, uh, Uncle Buck. All of those 80s teen movies that are now making a resurgence as like Gen Z knows them. (laughs) This was not directed by John Hughes, however. This was directed by Chris Columbus, who is not the man who pretended to discover America. This is the Chris Columbus who directed the first two Harry Potter movies. That's what he did. I knew he did. I was like, he did something major after this, but I couldn't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure he's like a big part of how the Harry Potters got John Williams to do the score because John Williams also did the score for Home Alone. Right. And they're very similar scores. Speaking of Don't say that to John Williams. Don't say that to John Williams. (laughs) No, no, no. Not that they're the same, but he's like tapping into like a similar, like, he's like, yes, this is my- We're vibing. We're all vibing on the same thing. Exactly. Speaking of scores- Oh boy. A different meaning of that word. 
the Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, 66%, uh, and the Metacritic score is 63 out of 100. That is out of nine reviews. <laughs> Seven were positive, two were mixed. Wow, the 90s were so different. A while ago, you went on a tear about how, like, it wasn't until the 2000s when these were a little more weighted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Did you say because, 2000s? Like early yeah, 2000s? When, when the internet became a thing that everybody used, a lot more people started getting paid to be reviewers for movies and things like that. God, I can't wait for that day. Hopefully one day somebody will listen to us and be like, you too! <laughs> oh, Review uh, our movie! I want, I want somebody to use a pull quote from our podcast. Oh my God, Yes. You know, because people still uh, go to the movie theaters and buy physical media. That's still the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, Maybe someday God. they'll let us do a Criterion commentary on Home Alone. Yes, the first one. The first one. Isn't there, aren't there like six of them now? I think, I don't remember. All right, anyway, the IMDb summary. An eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his house from a pair of burglars when he is accidentally left home alone by his family during Christmas vacation. Great concept. It makes logical sense. (laughs) The rest of them don't. (laughs) Right, so it's a little contrived in the first one, but it does tap into like this very basic childhood fantasy of what if my family disappeared? And there were no rules. Right. And like, probably a lot of kids have had that fantasy of like, oh, I don't want to go to enter family member here's house. Uh, I just want to stay home alone for the day. And then like, this is a family vacation and everything. So they kind of like, obviously it's a movie. They exaggerated a lot. But then it does like the really logical thing of going from the childhood fantasy into the childhood nightmare, which is, oh no, my house is being invaded and my parents aren't here to protect me. Right. Like they were, they were, uh, John Hughes, as we said earlier, was like the teen movie, but this is like the, a younger crap, like tween, tween would we say? He's not, I know he's nine, but like, I don't think this is for kids per se. I mean, I don't. It's very much, very much a whole family affair. Right. I mean, I mean, I, we were two when this movie was released. So not going to lie. <laughs> I was say I was going to save this for later, but I may as well say it now. Cause we probably are going to talk five seconds about all these movies. Every year growing up, my extended family and I on Christmas Eve would watch this movie and it, was to the point where one year I actually got a Kevin McAllister doll that was a one of those pull, had a pull cord that like oh one of the things he would say is the scream or you guys give up or you're, thir- or you're thirsty for more, all that. So when I say this movie is ingrained into my brain, it is ingrained into my brain. Like yeah. I, I must've watched this for 15 years or something like that. Oh, wow. So wow, that's crazy. At yeah, least no, I watched once. it a lot as a kid. I don't think I watched it as much as you did, but like even just rewatching it right now, just for this podcast, there were like certain scenes where I was like, 
I remember being a kid and eating a specific item while watching this scene. And right now I can taste that item, even though this was 20 years ago. Right. And all, and you're like, you're saying the lines and you're like, oh, I guess I do know this movie very well. Yeah. Like I associate like, like there are scents and and textures that I can almost feel on my skin watching this movie. Cause I'm like, I watched this at like a very formative time where I was absorbing everything around me. And not going to lie. I was very annoying with that doll. Like to the point where <laughs> it would, we would pull the cord and it'll scream and I would throw it somewhere. So <laughs> did you ever have a, what is it in the second movie? The talk well, boy? Let, let's talk about the second. Okay. Let's do the background for the second movie first before right. we get into the talk boy. So yeah, second movie, 1992, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, which I will note is not his home. No. <laughs> so the the it's a lie already. Well, not really. He, he well, lost in New York the, alone. The latter half, yes. He yes. And he does make a home in the plaza. Okay. All right, I'll accept it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Also written by John Hughes, also directed by Chris Columbus. However, Rot- comma. <laughs> Rotten Tomato score, 34% splat. Metacritic score, 46 out of 100. And that is out of 22 reviews. So we've gotten a little more this time. Wow, that's more than half as many, or twice as many. Yeah, six were positive, 14 were mixed, two were negative. And like... I'm seeing like 50s and 40s. The Austin Chronicle straight up gave it a zero. Oh, 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 okay. That's harsh. The highest it got was a 70. IMDb summary. <laughs> One year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City and the same criminals are not far behind. My sister and I both had a talk boy. We used it. It's probably in my parents' house somewhere. Did you not? Did you have a talk boy? I did not have a talk boy. I wanted a talk boy so bad. Yeah, we got we got it, and we used it. But like, I can't I can't remember Wait, the you, if you it, had one that you shared. No, we each had one. <gasps> I think. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, don't quote me on this. Okay. But um, I know I know there was one in the household at least. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I wanted one so bad. My parents never got me one. I don't remember the, if it actually slowed down. I think it actually did slow down and speed up. So like in the movie, you know, when he slowed it down to make it sound like he was older. Yeah. I believe you could do both of that, but like you still had to like, you know, talk into the microphone as if you're doing something inappropriate. Uh, (laughs) It had the little strap and everything. Uh, you, you needed battery. So like this was, this movie was basically a commercial for the toy that they were selling. Yeah. Amazing. That they, that they created. Wow. I think they created it. Ooh. I and mean, I had the trivia it's... for this. I didn't read any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I am also surprised though that they did. I don't remember them selling that slime that he uses. You know, the slime that he buys in the toy store. Yeah. I would have thought that also would have been sold, but I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't recall that. I just really, I really thought that I was going to get into like schemes and scams using a talk boy. 
Shady, if I find it, I will, if, if, if I can find them at my parents' house, I will send it to you or if find it on eBay or something, I will, I will gladly buy you one. Happy birthday. Oh my God. Thank Merry, you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Arbor Day and everything. Oh, thank you. Oh, now I have to get you an Arbor Day present. Uh, you can be presents. It's fine. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> Why don't you give the background on the hot mess express that is home sweet home alone? Ooh, okay, 2021 home sweet home alone. <sighs> Again, on paper and in the trailer, I thought it was going to be just like a straight remake with like newer right. traps and technology. It was like, oh, now we've got like the cute little British kid from uh, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. And then um, we've got Ellie Kemper and oh, I don't know who that who plays her husband. Yeah, but, like, um, he's he's another character actor of sorts. Yeah, Rob Delaney. Yeah, they're both great actors. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this this movie has a story by Mikey Day, Streeter Sedell, Seidel. Sure. Uh, and they credit John Hughes, who is dearly departed and has been dearly departed for quite a few years. So I'm assuming he's getting the credit because he wrote the original. Um, a screenplay by Mikey Day and Streeter Sidel Seidel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Directed by Dan Mazur. Because Chris Columbus was like, fuck this shit, bye. <laughs> I've, I've got Harry Potter money. <laughs> Chris Columbus was not happy that he made this movie. We'll get into that later. Oh, boy. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 16% splat, Metacritic 35 out of 100. And this is out of 16 reviews, zero were positive, 12 were mixed, four were negative. But while I'm here, the user (laughs) score is 1.8, and that is out of 65 reviews. Seven were positive, four were mixed, and 54 were negative. 1.8 out of 10. 10, yes. So it couldn't even clear the two. No, there's a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of zeros. Someone gave it a 10. Okay. Okay, so KP1994 writes, (laughs) people mostly complain about this 2021 home suite being the weakest in the entire 1990 home, home alone franchise. While in reality, these movies as a whole ain't add nothing, nothing uh, new whatsoever. I mean, they're not wrong, but I don't know they're, why. It's no, really they're 10. not wrong. I think they might be trying to like balance the scales a little bit because I'm sure a lot of those like zeros and ones are people who didn't even bother watching it. Well, the other like, high like mad that like they made a new one. Okay, so Rosie three three six one writes a huge disappointment the movie was a huge waste of time no redeemable quality everything seemed rushed nothing about it felt like christmas i don't like the fact they used music from the original yet they found fault with the original john williams should not have approved his music being used in this rubbish the plot was lame don't waste your time on this poor excuse of a so-called movie i'm sorry rosie that we wasted our time on this movie (laughs) Okay, I do uh, want to just like pump the brakes here. This is like a Disney Plus movie. We watched this on streaming. Right. We did not drive out to the theaters to see this. Oh God, no! I, I mean, we gave it money <laughs> I, through a Disney Plus subscription. Right, but like, but like I already had that Disney Plus subscription so that I could watch like the Muppets. So. I was, I watched the the Marvel stuff. Yes. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so I will say I wouldn't say it's a waste of time if you're not spending anything you wouldn't have already been been spending. True. But watch also, the I mean, you also have the the first two movies on Disney Plus. So like right. I, I know we're jumping ahead, but I would be like, just watch Home Alone. Well, yeah. the first one. Yeah. So no, I, I agree with you there. Also, like, I don't know that John Williams had the power to veto them using his score for this movie. They own the franchise. They also didn't really it like you could hear it, but it wasn't as prominent as it was in like the first two movies. Yeah, like, they, they use uh somewhere in my memory a lot, but I don't think they use their do 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 They I feel like I feel like much. Okay, so I'm also blacking this movie out because I don't really want it in my brain anymore. But I feel like that melody line, they just sample it, you know, like a rapper. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the moments that like really stick out uh, score-wise are the somewhere in my memory. And even that they're kind of using in a tongue-in-cheek way. I do have to say though, like they're, all three movies do have similar beats to it in a way mm-hmm. you know kid is separated from the rest of the family in the in home alone and home sweet home alone the kid is at home but in it lost in new york obviously he's lost in new york right um a pair of supposed criminals who are well, in some uh, way antagonizing the kid yeah they're trying to steal something mm-hmm the first one they're robbing the house the second one they're stealing from the toy store why i don't know and then the third one the not the third one the third one of our episode <laughs> right the sixth or twelfth one i don't care they think he the kid stole a doll that's worth two hundred thousand dollars yeah yeah like they are under the impression that the kid stole from them so they're gonna steal back from him Shady, I, I, I asked myself this question while watching it, and now I ask it to you. Yes. In Home Sweet Home Alone, who am I supposed to be rooting for? The first half of the movie, I was like, oh, wow, how interesting uh, this perspective flip. That's interesting that now we're supposed to be rooting for the robbers instead of the child. But then by the end, I'm like, we're supposed to like the kid, too, and we're supposed to be rooting for well, so all this- of them? Okay, so spoiler alert. We're going to put it, we should have said that earlier, but we're going to put that right now. (laughs) Because it is, I mean, it's it's a month old at this point, so we might, we have to say it. Um, Also, like, I mean, if you're mad that we spoiled any Home Alone movie, I'm sorry. Just go fuck yourself. (laughs) Get off the internet. What are you doing here? But like, Home Sweet Home Alone, where am I going with it? Oh, so like the kid is an is the worst like kevin McAllister in the first one i could see we we talked about it a little bit where it's like he's defending the home Mm -hmm. from people who are robbers right and 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 they are established as a danger to him that they are not above killing him if it gets them some money yes like they are dangerous people in home sweet home alone they are like down on their luck couple trying to like survive like yeah they want to like, save their home they want to save their home they uh you come across um a, a relative who's wealthy 
And they're like, oh, we can't accept these Apple watches. Or why did you buy my daughter this very expensive dress? That dress is hideous and should not have been worn at the concert, (laughs) by the way. And so like, they think this kid stole their doll when really it was somewhere in their house. And yeah, their their little shit nose nephew had hit Oh, that fucking nephew. But like, also, you know, you're kind of rooting for them to like, get back the doll, but it would, we didn't need the traps. It all yeah. could have just been ding dong. Hey, did you steal our doll? No, great, thanks, bye. Yeah, it. It, it was weird because they wanted to cash in on having the same booby trap set up that Home Alone is famous for. Right. But at this, it works in the first movie because Harry and Marv are bad people. I'll, I'll go into the things that are fair about the 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 newer ones. Uh, depiction of crime and what pushes people into it and how it's not necessarily just bad people being bad but in the first movie we need it to be that these are guys who are very dangerous and are only out for themselves and then we can laugh at the fact that they're being hurt almost murdered because right (laughs) there is i forget what video that who did it like mythbusters or something but like they went through and like showed you how many times they should have died yeah. throughout. Like and at then the even very in... least they are sustaining some like serious brain damage. And in the second one, I was just like, every time they went through a trap, the bricks, the bricks. <laughs> I was like, he's dead. Yeah. That first brick should have killed him. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to accept that sequence as a, in every iteration of home alone is just Looney Tunes physics. Where, it like, you can just survive anything. In the in Home Sweet Home Alone, though, yes, there were some that seemed like they should have died, but, like, there were others that, like, kind of made sense as a booby trap. Yeah. Like, him outrunning the icicles. Yes, he could have died, but, like, he wasn't affected by them. Right, he, he wasn't actually them. struck by them. But he um, could have been struck by one getting a staple in the nuts like (laughs) that wouldn't have killed him that would have made him bleed a lot (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's tough in the i I keep wanting to call it the third one too the most recent one home sweet home alone it's tough watching that only because you're like well obviously i don't want the kid to get hurt because he is just a kid even though he's kind of like a snot nose but also i don't want these people to be hurt these people seem like they're like good parents they're trying to save their home so like that whole sequence takes on like this new dynamic where you're like I'm uncomfortable watching this this is not fun yes and even like at at points at least one of the people in the couple in home sweet home alone is questioning why they're still doing it yeah and like the other one is like we need the money we got we got to get the money uh but also the fact that they they call the doll the ugly boy. They don't say we need the doll when they're when the and like the second or third time they break into the house. Yeah, so like, the kid hears them and thinks they're talking about him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. Which it did it did kind of make me feel bad for the kid that like he heard ugly boy and thought it was about him. I was like, no, you're adorable. I didn't feel bad because I hated him at that point. <laughs> but also that's, that's when I started to feel bad for him. Up to that point, I was like, wow, this is no Kevin McAllister. Sorry. Did, did you think he stole it? I, I think, um, 
Yeah, I think did, I thought he but, did. Before the reveal that he didn't steal it and he just stole a, a, a big thing of soda. Yeah. Like, did you, I thought he, I thought he stole it too because the way that they, they tricked me, assholes. Yeah, they, <laughs> they show um, you, I think they I was sh- also like making dinner while I was watching it the first time. So I wasn't super paying attention, but like, I you just watched this more than once. Yeah. Cause the first time I watched it was like two weeks ago and I needed to watch it again yesterday. I am so sorry that you had to watch this twice. I'll say this. It's not my least favorite movie I've had to watch for this podcast. Valid. <laughs> I will agree with you on that. This is like middle bottom, bottom, yeah. the middle of the bottom, but not the worst. Right. Oh boy. I'm so sorry. And this really? is also my fault because I'm the one that was like, let's do this. Oh boy. <laughs> but no. like they are, and like also they try to they in every movie there's Angels uh Angels with a Filthy Soul, I believe it's called. The move the movie within the movie. Yes. I kept thinking it was Angels with Dirty Faces, and then I was like, oh no, that's the name of the real movie they're parodying. <laughs> well yeah because well so in, in the first movie it's the it's the first movie angels uh with filthy souls and the second one they call it they, there's the sequel angels with even filthier souls <laughs> and then in the third one it's a space sci-fi remake yeah. where one of the characters comments on like why is it has a meta moment where they're like oh they ruined remakes uh, of classic movies and i was like did you, you said that out loud? That was a no, lie? I, I was like, oh, way to remind the whole audience what you're doing. Like, what the fuck, guys? Like, like there's being self-aware and poking fun at yourself. And then there's also just being like, hey, audience, this is the bad thing we're doing. I do have to say, though, Ellie Kemper acted the shit out of that this movie. I, I like, really liked, I mean, she was really good. I thought Rob Delaney was really good. Again, like those are two actors I like from other things. Uh, Timothy Simmons, who plays his brother, mm-hmm. the is rich an guy. asshole. Yeah. Um, but does it a well. Funny actor. He's a good asshole. The kid from Jojo Rabbit also did his job. Like, yeah. I preferred him more in Jojo Rabbit personally, but like... I mean, it's kind of sad that he was more likable playing a member of Nazi youth or Hitler youth. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yep, we went there. (laughs) No, he's a very adorable child and I think he's got a lot of charisma. I I do, uh, as an actual positive note for him, (laughs) he does have great comedic timing. And I hope when he gets older, if he still pursues acting, he continues into comedy and, you know, maybe does what like other comedic actors like Will Ferrell and uh, Steve Carell does where they branch into dramas. Yeah. Because no, they I, know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I hope nothing for the best for that kid. And, yeah, no, you know, I the see, other kids I see the a movie. very bright future for that kid. You know, I hope he's taken care of because life is not easy for child stars. No, but Macaulay like... Macaulay Culkin might be subject number one on that. Oh, uh, it, hmm. oh don't follow in Macaulay's footsteps. I mean, yeah. Macaulay Culkin it has had a resurgence, which is great. He has, yeah. He's turned like, out to be good. He just had a very tough childhood. And I think because he's so outspoken about it, that might make things easier for child stars in the future. I 
was hope like i'm glad that we had buzz in the third one in this in this one and reference to kevin but like i was kind of hoping for a macaulay culkin like even a phone just like not yeah. a not like a visual cameo just like a phone call like that would have worked because this is something i got and i i don't know if it's just me did you get the impression that there was supposed to be a kevin McAllister cameo and they just couldn't secure it so they cut it out um i feel i feel like they're probably not even just kevin maybe more from like the first the first two movies yeah they might have had a kate McAllister. i mean it would have been great to get katherine o'hara in there but like i feel like this was also filmed during covid so like there's a moment on (laughs) what on one of the airplanes i think it's when the mom is flying back home she did a great job too i don't know that actress at all but she's great um but like there's somebody on the plane wearing a mask and I was like, ooh, this is a little too real for me right now. <laughs> uh, there weren't a lot of background extras in this movie. Because no. you see like the extended family, which I believe those kids in the uh, the Mercer kids or whatever the last name is, um, they're all, they shot all their stuff in maybe two days. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you never see them again. Right. One- once they go to Japan and realize that Max isn't there, which that is so stupid. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I grew we grew up watching the first one, as we said, understandable. The power, the power goes out and you're in a mad dash. Right. Like, and there's that one kid who is annoying as fuck who kind of looks like Kevin because he's the same structure, like body shape and everything. What? Oh, no, I thought you were talking about a different kid. You mean the neighbor kid. The neighbor kid, yeah. Okay, yeah. The one that annoys the drivers <laughs> and everything. I thought you were talking about Fuller. No, Kyrian Culkin? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I meant the one, the neighbor kid that is in that one bit and never heard from again. Right. Uh, <laughs> And then even in the second one, it kind of makes sense where like they don't have, they're not sitting all together and everything. Like Mm -hmm. the parents are in first class and then it's, and then they're also in a mad dash. What the fuck is wrong with this family? They're in a (laughs) mad dash. management. And like Kevin innocently sees somebody else, like the same thing happens, but reverse where he thinks it's his dad and everything. Yeah, it's the same Um, coat, a, a man of a similar build, similar haircut. And he right. knows he's not sitting with him, so whatever. And then the, stu- the flight attendant just says, "Find an empty seat and sit there." Nineteen ninety-two. That was a simpler time, wasn't it? It sure was. Also, like he didn't think at any point. Well, I also have fifteen other family members that are supposed to be on the same flight, so maybe I should look for more than one person. There was a moment with the music sting of the. Good, where he, the camera is like his point of view and he's looking around and he doesn't see anyone that's true but then he puts his headphones on and doesn't yeah hear. he doesn't he doesn't really give a shit yeah no <laughs> uh but then this one fuck like fucking max falls asleep in a car in the garage yeah i don't see what the first and his mom do- doesn't bother like what like i know that they're on two separate flights and everything but like the right. fact that his mother there wasn't a shot a scene of his mom rushing to go to the airport because they do that with the rest of the family mm-hmm. and you know people assume that he's on the other flight but like 
his mom doesn't check on him to wake him up. Yeah. It, like, it, first of all, the existence of like cell phones being a thing that everyone has quite, puts a lot of this movie into question. Right. Yes. Because like, technology a plays of, a big part in, the, right. in this movie. Like a lot of what happens in the first one is forgiven because it's like, oh, nobody had a cell phone and that they the could have set an too. alarm. Nobody could have just called their family member that they're missing. Uh, they had to go through the police department because there was no caller ID. They couldn't just call their own house line. The kid wasn't going to pick up. And they do those two movies and particularly the first one. And I'm going to try not to like go too much into how great John Hughes was as a screenwriter. But he did so much to set up this very contrived situation in a way that feels extremely natural and extremely like, well, yes. I don't know what I would do in this situation. Maybe the same thing. Right. And then in the second one, they kind of make a joke about it. But yeah. No one mentions about how Kevin saved the fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> they all call him like a little shit and everything and like down talk him. And he and he's I was waiting for him to be like, dudes, my dudes, I like engineered <laughs> traps and yeah. I saved the house. Because in the in Home Sweet Home Alone, he straight up destroys the house. <gasps> Which I, did, I thought that was kind of funny. Mostly because they're yeah. also like a very insanely rich family. And I don't care that their property got destroyed because they've got. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I yes. don't care. I don't care that your gorgeous mansion was destroyed. You can pay for it. Right. I mean, not that like the McAllisters have a good, beautiful house, big, beautiful house. In the first two. But it's also like upper middle class and not or the 90s right and it's not one percenter like this new one is they were all set in chicago right the first two definitely are i believe the third one was yes because the, the home sweet home alone i remember on the uh on the screen for the flight that whole sequence which was a, a fucking and went on for too <laughs> long um they you see them going from Tokyo to Chicago, so ah uh, okay, and but I'm not like, paying attention. Well, and it kind of makes sense that I feel like Buzz would be a homebody. You know, he would he would he seems like one of those people who would grow up and not leave his hometown or yeah, like you're right. move a town like a move over a town but not yeah. leave the state. He he's in he's in the greater Chicago area, but he's maybe he's no longer in Evanston. He's in. Shermer, which is the fictional town that John Hughes uses in a lot of his movies. Oh, I should know that. That was in a that was, was in a book, right? Yeah. The other thing that they, besides the traps, the other thing, because you know, it seems like every movie they want to one up each other. Yeah, there's a shitty uncle in all three of them. There's a shitty uncle in all three of them. But like the the only thing that the first two movies have, and not Home Sweet Home Alone is a scary adult that isn't scary because we have the in the first one we have the neighbor where buzz is trying to obviously scare kevin and his brother cousin i don't know i don't know who that third (laughs) kid is where they're talking about how like yeah one of the millions of cousins i think kate and um her husband have five kids kevin buzz two girls and the redheaded guy the pete for Pete and Pete? Yeah, Pete. Older Pete? Older Pete, thank you. <laughs> I You're was going to call him Older Pete, and then I was like, no one's going to get that reference except for John. Of course! 
And then I think all of the rest of the kids are supposed to be cousins. So the one you're talking, the one with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's yeah. a cousin. So Buzz makes like an urban, sort of urban legend out of him. But then throughout the movie, Kevin befriends him and he even saves Kevin. That same thing happens in the second one with the pigeon lady. Yeah. Only she gets more screen, more dialogue, it seems like. Yeah. They have that whole conversation where Kevin talks, where they talk about her love life. And Kevin is like, put yourself out there, girl. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what is this movie? It turned into Sex in the City for a minute there. Yes. We're drinking Cosmos and Samantha's telling Charlotte, oh, just get out there. But really, they're drinking Hocho at Carnegie Hall. (laughs) Yeah. What? (laughs) She saves him when the Bandits are are covered in turpentine, uh, uh, varnish, and throws birdseed on. Did they plan that? (laughs) (laughs) That seemed too coincidental. Yeah, it was was very contrived. Like, if Kevin was like, hey, come up to this thing. I'm doing this thing with these two guys. I need you to help me out. You'd think she'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to call the cops and let them know that these two burglars are endangering a child. Plus, where did he get the fireworks from? Like, did he <laughs> plant them there? He didn't run around with his backpack at that point, I don't remember. This but is like, Home Alone 2, New York's Lost in New York is a fun movie. Wild. It is not a very uh, tidy movie. I'll say that. No. Like the first movie is fucking tidy. It's great, but it's very tidy. It's very careful how it plants everything. And yeah, and like the off. the whole, like I know that Marv and fuck, what's his what's Joe Pesci's name? Harry. Harry and Marv are like the villains of that movie, but like so is the Plaza staff. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay, I do have a question for you. This is like kind of a trivia-ish question. Okay. Did you watch it on Disney Plus? I did. So did you have Donald Trump in it? I didn't. Oh my God, I forgot about I know he's I, credited. He I watched it on Disney Plus for this, but then the other night it was also on uh Freeform and he was in that. And I was right. like, why is he in the cable TV cut but not the Disney Plus cut? Well, I mean, and they're both Disney. Oh exactly. Right. It's a TV cut. It's a TV version. So they have like an excuse, a built-in excuse. If somebody's like, why did you cut that cameo? They could be like, well, time, commercials, etc." My God, I forgot. I forgot. I, I like, I, I did look at the cast list and I did groan a little when I saw that Donald Trump was in it. Cause like, that's his, this is like his biggest cameo moment, his credits of TV and film besides, yeah, uh, the Apprentice. besides The Apprentice. Yeah. But like, I, I don't, I, yeah i didn't see it yeah oh my god i mean mean, and for the record he does basically nothing he's just kind of there in the plaza and like kevin's like hey where do i check in and he's like oh just go right over there and that's it end of cameo right Um, but it's just kind of like oh right because in 1992 donald trump was just famous for being a rich new york guy right yes and nothing else and nothing else. I am times. <laughs> looking. Okay. According to IMDb, 
getting a special feature right now, everyone. Oh boy. In an interview in November 2020, director Chris Columbus claimed that Donald Trump bullied his way uh, into his cameo by making it part of the deal to shoot scenes in the lobby of the Plaza Hotel, which Trump owned at the time of filming. Columbus wasn't happy about the stipulation while filming, but when they screened the movie the first time, the test audience cheered when Trump appeared, so Columbus felt better about Oh, okay. But it doesn't say... I'm looking to see why they cut him because like i know why they would cut him but like why right. did they cut him right what what's what's like the quote unquote politically correct reason for it i mean i guess to say we can't endorse like our company line is we can't openly endorse a particular politician maybe I, like that might be what they use is like oh well now that he's a political figure and not a private figure we didn't think it was appropriate I'm I'm literally watch like looking you don't I don't really see like his name highlighted that's what I'm looking for so okay. besides that one thing that I read but I'm going to we're podcasters I'm just going to assume you're right with your st- <laughs> I mean like I know why they cut him and that's because it's a don't politically it. contentious cameo I'll just mm-hmm. it's very contentious that's all there we go there we go that's the that's it would the, it would be a distraction that's the switzerland answer of it all <laughs> oh my also, god also he's a racist fascist but i mean whatever um, whatever uh yeah um oh my god these movies are so wild like yeah like the, the the first one is already it's such a contrived thing to like get to the point where they just forget about their son until they're already like overseas right because they they go to paris right but they do so much work to justify it and i don't know home alone 2 kind of gets there i'm still like "Mm, i feel like if this just happened a year ago you'd be a little more careful you would be like let christmas at home yeah why are we why are we going to miami (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uncle frank like that's why right god damn. i do think uncle frank might be the actual villain of those two movies he's so awful yeah okay so we then have home alone 3 that came out in 1997 home alone 4 that came out in 2002 with french stewart and home oh. alone and home alone the holiday heist with uh, a female lead I think. Nope. It's a male. I lied. Oh. Sorry. He had he has just long hair for 2002. For oh, 2012, okay. I mean. I, have you ever seen those ones? No, not at all. One of them <laughs> I watched them years like years ago. Uh the parents blatantly leave the kid at home because the kid is sick and they're like, "Well, we're going to go on our ski trip that our family <gasps> ski trip that we planned. You're staying home with grandma. Bye." Dyfus. Which one? I am oh, calling Child Protective Services. That's abandonment. Oh, that's horrible. Is that the third one? Okay, so I'm reading. Here's the third one. Alex Pruitt, an eight-year-old boy living in Chicago. Again, Chicago. Must What the fuck is wrong with Chicago? Uh, <laughs> must fend off international spies who seek a top-secret computer chip in his car, uh, toy car. I think that's the one where 
he's forced to stay home because he's sick. And like, and like he has the flu or something, some bullshit like that. So stay home with your child is what you do. That's what you do. You stay home and you take care of your child and you don't go on your ski trip or whatever. Yeah. Wow. Wait, let me see if I could find like a, yeah. Down with the chicken pox. The smart eight-year-old boy, Alex Pruitt, finds himself home alone with his new toy. uh, And then the parents leave. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay, while I'm here, we may as well read what the other ones are about. Because this is wild. Like, what's with parents in Chicago leaving their kids home alone at Christmas? (laughs) Okay, Home Alone 4, which stars French Stewart, admits his parents' impending divorce. Kevin McAllister must foil his old nemesis Marv and his wife Vera's plot to kidnap a crown prince despite opposition from his dad peter peter's fiance natalie and natalie's butler mr prescott so french stewart plays marv joanna going plays natalie there's a new buzz mcallister kevin mcallister is played by mike weinberg who was like the it kid of the early 2000s uh he was in everything huh yeah and then okay so that one blatantly continues the McAllister saga it seems like but interesting recasts everyone right like uh I can accept recasting Daniel Stern with French Stewart John Hughes did write the third one I will say that did he write it or is he credited because he created the franchise he wrote it (gasps) oh John Hughes. I'm not saying John Yu. I'm just saying John Hughes. John Hughes. And then then 10 years later, Home Alone, The Holiday Heist is about, uh, according to IMDb, it says Finn Baxter sets up booby traps to catch the ghost of his new home's former occupant, only to discover he must protect the house from his... Uh, protect the house and his sister from three bumbling art thieves. I'm never watching any of these movies. (laughs) I'm so upset right now. Debbie Mazar is in it and (gasps) Malcolm McDowell. No, Malcolm McDowell's in it. I, I think it's a paycheck at that point. <laughs> Alex DeLarge, come on, get out of here. What a yeah. sellout. <laughs> but, oh God, these movies are wild. Like, it's I, just, I can accept it happening once, twice, meh. The, the second time, the, the Lost in New York one was plausible. The It was plausible. With the way that it happened. Yes. Right. And it did, they did actually change the setting, which I appreciate because that does bring a new type of tension to the main action, which is, well, now I'm stuck in a place that I don't know. The rest, the rest of the story doesn't make sense, but like. And I'm not like thrilled in the way that it balances the Harry and Marv stuff with the staff of the plaza, because I don't think it's kind of right that they like I I feel weird that the staff of the plaza who are logically looking after the welfare of this boy are like now villains that's weird to me right and like Tim Curry 
sneaks into the room and it's like that's not real yeah yeah um i will say like tim curry's very fun and i love his little when he does the grinch grin yes like that 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 moment is plausible where he's like i haven't seen this kid's dead let's check the credit card oh that makes sense but like he's a little too invested in kevin McAllister, if you know what i mean yeah it's very strange i just feel like in a lot of ways all of that stuff kind of takes the balance off of the harry and marv stuff it feels weird that suddenly the third act is so focused on harry and marv when they're not a big focus for the rest of the movie i kind of wish it was kevin against the hotel staff yeah sorry i I love daniel stern and joe pesci right like their stuff make like it's is great and you know they have great reactionary stuff but like it should have been the hotel staff versus kevin McAllister. yeah they should have made the hotel staff like like actively crooked somehow like trying to rob the hotel or something like that right Um, fuck three to your five we're gonna ignore them and then home sweet home alone should have never happened Again, I I can appreciate that they tried to like bring this like new fresh perspective where it's like, well, you know, most people who turn to crime and particularly burglary, it's because they're pushed into a rough situation. And that's sympathetic. That's great. Uh, That doesn't jive with what Home Alone is, though. Home Alone does not work unless those people are bad objectively right like you need a clear hero and a clear villain right otherwise it's just sociopathy is the is the kid's mom the hero (laughs) do we want to root for her i guess i i don't know it feels like i i feel i still stand by she did a great job yeah, no, I think the cast was, like, I even think, like, Keenan Thompson was good, even though I have no idea what the point of his character was. I was thinking he was going to join them and be, like, a third villain. Yeah, I thought he was going to, like, factor in somehow in the end. Um, May- and he just kind of didn't. Can we just say this is a product of COVID and then just leave it at that? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, you, know, you know what else like the home alone 2 and home sweet home alone are also like sorely missing uh, a, a clear storyline well that but also john candy <gasps> yeah yeah that was a great cameo and that was because he was just around i believe if i remember correctly he yeah he was around he could he had time I'll get more into it in special features, but basically he was already good friends with Catherine O'Hara because they did SCTV together and he was, he had already worked with John Hughes. Polka, was good friends with John Hughes. No? Okay. <laughs> you know what, Shady? Yes? I think it is time for special features, don't you? We therapized a lot. We and, I'm, and you know, I'm liking this little freeformness that we're doing because it doesn't <laughs> seem so formulaic. Yeah, I like do these too. movies are. Hmm. So, listeners, if you liked how we just had this discussion, <laughs> you know, we, you'll listen to, you'll get the socials later right into us. I mean, who knows? We may, we may switch it up on you next episode. <laughs> but let's get to special features. Special features. <laughs> 
just like most weeks, we each take a movie and do a little further research on it, try to find little facts and fun tidbits, hopefully to surprise each other and very hopefully to surprise you, our listener, because we're doing three movies. I took the first one and the third one. John took the second one. And John is being lazy and is just going to read right <laughs> off of IMDb, everyone. That's fine. Yeah, I did not write anything down, so I'm going to pull it all from memory and see if I can find it on IMDb real quick to corroborate it. Awesome! <laughs> but I will start with the very first Home Alone. So going, just continuing this discussion about John Candy, um, a thing that I thought was very interesting was that John Candy shot all of his material for this movie within 23 hours because that was all the time he had. Now, John, this is what I want to ask you. How much money do you think John Candy made for this movie? $7 million. Oh boy, I wish. He made just over $400. What? He was paid scale and he only worked 23 hours. So he made less money than the actor playing the pizza delivery guy. (gasps) Stop. And he mostly did it as a favor to his friends, Catherine O'Hara and John Hughes. Yeah, there's there's things like that. Cause like probably one of them scratched his back later. Like it was one of it's, it, I w- I'm not surprised. There's a lot of, uh, it, out of a lot of movies out there with these little cameo roles, it's like a lot of it's like, I'll scratch your back now if you'll scratch mine later. So um, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. And um, that does bring me to the reason why John Hughes wrote this movie. Well, part of the reason why he wrote this movie. And in particular, he always, writing this movie, he had in mind that Macaulay Culkin was going to play the lead. He wrote Kevin McAllister for Macaulay Culkin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because Macaulay Culkin and John Candy both were in a previous John Hughes movie that he wrote and directed called Uncle Buck. Have you ever seen Uncle right. Buck? Right. No, I didn't, but I forgot Macaulay Culkin was in that. Yeah, he plays the little nephew, and there's a really great scene where it's just John Candy and Macaulay Culkin sitting at the breakfast table. Macaulay Culkin asks this string of questions, very, most of them very, very personal and really inappropriate for a young child, to Uncle Buck, and Uncle Buck answering them deadpan. It's a very simple scene, but it's so brilliantly performed by Macaulay Culkin, who at the time I think was only like seven years old. And John Hughes absolutely wow. John Hughes absolutely loved it. He loved how mature that kid seemed. And so when he wrote this movie, he was like, that's the kid I want. That makes Home Alone 2 with the pigeon lady scene make a shit ton more sense. Yeah. Um, and it really was like Macaulay Culkin had this like very rare but very natural maturity for a child actor, which I think really makes like Kevin McAllister as a character work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, he is just it, he really needs to be a child who also can sort of trick people into thinking he's much more mature than he is. and then you see him nowadays and you're like oh Macaulay Culkin (laughs) right so speaking of the Culkins that does make me want to go back to Cousin Fuller yes that is Kieran Culkin the real life little brother of Macaulay Culkin 
And these days, uh, I think it wouldn't be controversial to say the most successful of the Culkin family. I don't know. Well, he's in Succession, which is like the really hot show du jour right now. True. And Macaulay Culkin was in the recent uh, American Horror Story. Right. But like Kieran Culkin is getting like he just got nominated for Golden Globe. He was nominated for an Emmy for season two of Succession. Should be nominated for an Emmy for the most recent season. He's really great in it. That character in Succession that he plays, Roman Roy. That kind of connects in a weird way back to Cousin Fuller because Cousin Fuller is famous for wetting the bed and oh, Roman God. Roy in the very first episode of Succession urinates in uh, an inappropriate place. And so, is, his whole thing is that he's kind of like a weird skeezy sicko. So did Fuller change his name? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuller changed his name, got adopted by the wealthiest family in the world. And now he's Roman Roy on succession. I wouldn't be surprised if Uncle Frank accidentally walked into one of Kevin McAllister's um, traps and was murdered. <laughs> so, and Aunt, what's her name? I love her, but I don't know her name. I don't care about her as much. I think it's like Aunt Pearl or something. Sure. <laughs> Aunt Betsy. Yeah. Aunt that lady. She seems, I don't, I don't know why she's with Uncle Frank. That's the thing that makes me question her as a person. Because she's very, like, helpful towards Catherine O'Hara's character. Yeah. Every time. She seems like a lovely lady. Why is she with Uncle Frank? Because he's rich. Mm-hmm. Speaking of money. <laughs> yes. Do you want to, do you want to take a guess at how much this movie cost? Okay, 1990. Yes. And like legit, I do have IMDb up, but it's only for trivia of the second movie. So I'm not cheating. You can see my hands, Shady. I'm not moving <laughs> anything. Right. 1990. Right. I want to say maybe like $5 million. Okay. It's more than that. Okay. <laughs> it was 18 million, but for the time that was considered a very low budget. Right. Because I did something, I, for something that was a wide release. I did watch the uh, holiday movies that made us. Well, now it's the movies that it folded into the movies that made us (laughs) where they talk about the production of Home Alone, where the set was built in a gymnasium at at like like John Hughes's former high school or something like that. So that's why I was like, well, they did kind of save money, but not really, but they did. So. Yeah. Okay, so it made. I'm sorry. How much was it? Did it cost again? Fifteen. It cost million? around eighteen million. Uh, okay. Which, when it was first pitched to Warner Brothers and they picked it up, they were told it would not cost more than ten million. When they found out it was going to go over, they were like, "Well, we can't produce that. We have a really busy slate this holiday season, and we need to save money." John Hughes then. I got to be careful the way I, I word this. He then met with some producers at Fox and happened to leave behind a script for Home Alone that they picked <laughs> up and read and loved, which it was all an accident because that would be quite illegal at that point if he gave it to them. Oh, it, it, fell, out, it <laughs> fell off the back of his truck. Yeah, exactly. And they loved it and they did not have a busy holiday slate. So when they found out that Warner Brothers was dropping it, they picked it right back up and said, we will give you the 18 million to finish it. I'm surprised they didn't bump up 
bump it up to 20 just to make a nice round number. <laughs> but that was still for the time considered a pretty low number. They didn't expect it would do super well. They released it in like the minimum number of theaters that they could to still consider it a wide release movie. And John, in the list of top grossing movies of all time, adjusted for inflation, I want to put that in there. Uh-huh. Adjusted for inflation, this movie is top 50. Wow. Of all time. Wow. Is that, that's just for theater, though, that's not like for home the sales theater, or anything? That like is that. theater box office. That has nothing to do with home sales. Because I feel like the movie also exploded with VHS release. Oh, yeah. Oh, it did gangbusters on VHS, which it was always like kind of expected to because like it's a Christmas movie. It's a family movie. They didn't think it would do so well in the box office, though. And like when I say top 50, I mean, like, do you know how many other movies in that top 50 are at the very least based off of books? Are part of a franchise or part of some larger brand that everyone has heard of? And Home Alone is just this random little can-do Christmas movie for kids that made it to the top 50. I'm going to say, I'm going to suggest that everyone watch that the movies that made us episode mm. of Home Alone. Because, mm. my God, it's wild and crazy. Uh, I have a sexy segue into Home Alone too. unless do you have more you want to talk about with Home Alone? Uh, mm, do you want to hear other people who are considered for other parts in the movie? Not really. Okay. Sexy segue it. How much do you think in Home Alone 2, Macaulay Culkin made? Oh. Or was paid. I'm sorry, was paid. How much was he paid for Home Alone 2? Uh-huh. He didn't have a multi-film contract. He could have asked for anything. How much do you think? Three million. Kind of <laughs> close. Relatively close. He got paid $4.5 million to star in the movie, which at the time was the biggest salary f- ever for a child actor. This is according to IMDb, by the way. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, because they could not make the movie without him. They could not make the sequel without him. And the first one exploded his career. So there you go. I mean, I mean, you have to like put this kid's name up there with like Shirley Temple for like most famous successful child stars. Well, and you know, his Andrew Barrymore, like they, his life, right? Uh, his name is synonymous with this movie. Like no one. Look how people, well all of the sequels without him did. Right, but like um, with these two movies, these two movies, I should say. Cause like, I forgot he was an uncle buck. No one probably remembers party monster that he was in right. or, or forget that he was in saved, uh, which people tend to not know that movie either. So it's yeah. like, I will never forget saved or Macaulay well, Culkin yeah. in it, but, but like, it's you, not like mainstream. Yes. And speaking of Macaulay Culkin, uh, uh again, I, I say this every time and I'm not sorry about it. According to IMDb trivia, all of the children who appeared in the toy store scene were allowed to take their favorite toy home as part of their salary, even though it didn't work and was created specifically for the movie as a prop. Macaulay Culkin was allowed to keep the talk boy. 
<laughs> so the top that's, way in that's the movie better than a four and work. a half mil a the, broken talk boy or four and a half million dollars i'm taking the broken talk boy well take both the og right, talk right. boy that like is probably worth maybe 10 million dollars at this point i mean oh my god Macaulay Culkin, just give it to us just give it to me. Just, just give it to give it. Sh- we'll give it to Shady. Yeah. Yeah. Just e- email us. We'll send you addresses. <laughs> <laughs> he listens, right? Yeah. He's a big fan. Continue. Okay. So this is this is kind of cute that I just found. Duncan's Toy Chest, the toy store featured in the film, is fictitious and was named after executive producer Duncan Henderson. For those of you who don't know, it is loosely based on the flagship FAO Schwartz toy store in Manhattan. Uh, the exterior of Duncan's toy chest was actually the Rookery building in downtown Chicago, Illinois. Aww. That's cute. Oh, and I, also, I FAO Schwartz. It's, it's back. Yes, it's a, it's a, it, it moved. Okay. Um, uh, allegedly John Candy was also supposed to do a cameo in this movie I don't know if it was like reprising his role or playing something else but right. that's what it says on here <gasps> uh, contrary to popular rumor Robert De Niro did not play one of the police officers arresting Marvin Harry William Dambra plays the officer in question who fires a gun to scare away the pigeons attacking Marvin Harry <sighs> <laughs> And then I, I kind of want to go into okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look in the the spoiler section. <laughs> okay, okay, this is funny. That ties into Home Alone. Uh, in Home Alone, Kevin tells Old Man Marley, "Wait, that's his name? Fuck." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who got nailed because the there was a rumor he wore dinosaur pajamas. At the end of this movie, Fuller is wearing dinosaur pajamas in their hotel room. (laughs) That's stupid. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm surprised we didn't talk about this one where Marv blatantly dies. According to Daniel Stern, his first take for the scene where Marv gets electrocuted using the sink made director Chris Columbus laughed so hysterically he couldn't yell cut even after Sam Stern collapsed on the floor and finished the scene. <laughs> he straight up dies in that moment, Shady. He turns into a skeleton. He turns into a skeleton with the, with the wig still, with the hair. <laughs> he died. And then he was shocked back to life. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was her. Ellie Sheedy makes a cameo. What? As the air, The airport gate agent that tells Kevin what city he's in. The New York A? Oh, girl. I did not recognize her. Yes. Ellie Sheedy of previous John Hughes movies fame. And Frank Oz made a cameo. Uh, after Harry, Harry and Marv, they have last names. They don't have last names. Uh, <laughs> leave the fish market and walk down the sidewalk. Mars, Marv steals money from a red donation can. Right after Marv says, "Now we're the now we're the sticky bandits." The scene change, uh, and Frank Oz play 
places money into the red donation can and walks away. So apparently, yeah. Oh, wow. I I mean, I think of Frank Oz. I don't know what he looks like. I just picture Miss Piggy. Or Yoda. (laughs) And they used the real number of the Plaza Hotel at the time. Hmm. So there you go. I'm done. (laughs) All right, great. So now we're moving on to Home Sweet Home Alone, and there is no sexy segue because there's nothing sexy about this movie. This movie is so stupid. Don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here's what Chris Columbus had to oh, say. Oh, yeah, you teased this. You teased yeah. this earlier. So Chris Columbus, uh, he directed The Christmas Chronicles, which was also like a direct-to-streaming Christmas movie. Uh, that's Netflix, though. That's not Disney+. Plus. I was about to ask, yeah. Um, but last year, they came out with part two, which he directed and he was promoting. And he was asked about, oh, did you hear they're doing a new Home Alone? And here's what he had to say. Nobody got in touch with me about it. And it's a waste of time as far as I'm concerned. What's the point? I'm a firm believer that you don't remake films that have had the longevity of Home Alone. You're not going to create lightning in a bottle again. It's just not going to happen. So why do it? It's like doing a paint-by-numbers version of a Disney animated film, a live-action version of that. What's the point? It's been done. Do your own thing. Even if you fail miserably, at least you have come up with something original. Do we want to, like, <laughs> point, point a mirror at him and have him say that to himself about the sequel? Come on, there's so many similarities. I, mean, no, I know, I know. He makes a lot of points, but it's also like, dude, look at some of the movies you've made. Um, but I love, I love that he puts in there because he doesn't want to like insult Disney outright. So he's like putting in there that Disney animated movies are masterpieces. Why would you do a live action remake of those? I mean, I ask myself that all the time as well. I know, right? So. Yeah, why would you? Um, So, yeah, suffice to say, I don't know if he's watched this movie and I don't know if he ever will. And you know what? More power to him. Don't watch it, Chris Columbus. (laughs) Go go watch your other two movies or your Harry Potter movies. Don't watch this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So going off of that, it is, I mean, not interesting. It's just a thing to note that this is officially the first Home Alone movie that was produced by Disney and not Fox. Because Disney had bought out Fox. Mm-hmm. The bright side of that is that that means that all of the movies, including the first one, which is great, is available on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. You, so, everyone should watch that one. If you've got Disney+, Plus, go watch Home Alone. I mean, not going to lie. Kevin McAllister in the first one is also a little bit of a sociopath. He, he but... is, but they also justify it really well because he's also treated really poorly yes yeah but no i meant like the traps are a little sociopathic right yeah (laughs) but like justified which we are like i think that's the theme of this episode the first movie justifies everything that's it (laughs) yeah (laughs) the first movie puts in the work to earn what it is Right, and then the, the second other movies were like, and, let's just do the same thing, but not put in the work. Oh, y'all like the traps now, did ya? Okay, here we oh, go. Wait. I see you made three ninjas in the wake of Home Alone. You like the traps? Boy, can I just <laughs> say also, the traps in the second one 
was in the last 20 minutes of the film and it was like 15 minutes of the of nothing but traps yeah that seems like a lot it's such a small period of time very long and i'm not gonna lie every time i think i I think i said this but i'm gonna say it again every time like they were affected by a trap i just went dead dead you dead you dead so uh (laughs) harry dies right away because he on that teeter-totter he gets shot off of it and lands on the roof of a car and smashes it magically and then marv dies with the bricks so i'm just like y'all are superman at this point (laughs) they should fight crime they should i mean they're committing crime i feel like ellie kemper's character would have uh lost both of her feet Mm -hmm. there's hypothermia happening for sure oh yeah with her and then uh her the guy who plays her husband uh dies as soon as the first ball whatever uh billiard no whatever pool ball pool ball or billiard ball hits him in the forehead oh my god yeah those things going that fast right like they get shot out of like a t-shirt cannon into his forehead and you're like you're dead at the very least if you're not dead you're like okay maybe try not to fall asleep tonight (laughs) comatose (laughs) right Um, Uh, do you have any more special features or can we just call it done (laughs) well this one's really funny can i just okay great yes Writers Streeter Sedell and Mikey Day did not promote the film on their social media accounts. Does that mean that there may have been producer involvement? I mean... I wouldn't be surprised. At the very least, they knew they were not going to reinvent the wheel, but they were getting paid for it. And they were like, I mean, I'll do it, but I don't want people to know that I sold out for this shit. Like, there were some moments that I actually was with the movie you know when they like uh that whole uh playback of the argument with the kid and his mom where they're like oh he's staying with the grandma and they think that the old lady at the church was the grandma i was like okay i see you and then that that they kind of set up they they did like there there were certain things that i was like okay they set up this misunderstanding yeah it's all misunderstand it's all miscommunication and they think that the not alexa was the a german grandmother but like oh you you know what that movie was missing well it kind the german alexa kind of fulfilled the fulfilled the moment but um there was no shadow play the first two have a shadow play happening yeah of sorts where in the first one he he tries to make a Uh, Kevin McAllister is so smart he makes a Christmas party and then the second one he uses an inflatable clown thing to be (laughs) his dad in the shower Uh I don't know it's weird right that was a weird moment Um, and also like I mean I'm glad you justified having the creepy inflatable clown in this movie because I don't like it and it scares me but the third movie doesn't have the shadow play, but like right. the not elect the not Alexa kind of fulfills that where they think it's the grandmother in another room or something. Right. So jumping off of that, that one also doesn't have an angels with filthy souls. Yes, like, it does. It does, but it doesn't have a moment where the kid uses that to uh, trick somebody into thinking they're being shot at. 
Yeah, that and might also in- be a sign of the times. Yeah, you're right. Because Disney, Disney, um, I guess with 2021, with all like, yeah, somebody, somebody's calling somebody right away. Hey, this guy's got a gun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll accept it. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. Kind of answered them already. Yeah. All right. But let's actually let's actually ask the questions. <laughs> That would be fun and exciting and new for us. Right? <laughs> Follow the script, goddammit. <laughs> All right. So our first question for final thoughts. Can we think of other movies like this? Home Alone two, 3 <laughs> through 5. <laughs> yes. Um, also, I do want to shout out movies like Three Ninjas, which came in the wake of the first Home Alone. Oh. And- all, featured three young children setting up booby traps to stop bad guys in their home. And then like anything, um, there, there are other movies that are like blatantly making the reference to Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I can't think of them anymore, but because it is such it, in the pop culture zeitgeist, like, yes, of course, yeah, they make and reference to it. There's also, uh, I think it came out in 2020, a movie called Becky, which is about a young girl defending her vacation home from a bunch of escaped convicts, which is a much more serious take on this kind of a thing. It's really very chilling. Kevin James plays like the lead criminal and like full disclosure, he is a white supremacist. I think I've heard about, I I may have watched this movie. Yeah, it's kind of a horror movie. I thought it was pretty good. Like, not, like, great, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but, like, like Kevin James is very, quite chilling in it as a very violent uh, white supremacist. And good for him, because, you know, branching out into a different type of character. Yeah. Listen, we all love King of Queens, uh, but you can't play that same character over and over again for 20 years. Right. Uh, and then, I guess, people are always comparing Home Alone to Die Hard. Are we saying Die Hard right now? no <laughs> well somebody's gonna get mad if we don't say die hard that's the only reason i'm bringing it up i can kind of see it but like i will say if it's that like kevin be... grew up and became a cop or whatever like super cop or something mm-hmm. that might be a future episode Ooh, maybe next christmas we'll do it maybe we'll put it out there We'll manifest it. (laughs) All right. Next question. Did we like these movies? Yes. Maybe no. That's my order for the three, the three of them. Yeah. I love the first one. Yeah. The second one. I'm like, take it or leave it. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay. Watching it again. Not watching it again. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. The the third one. I witnessed it. I don't want to watch it again. (laughs) And I answered, we answered the next question like already. Yeah, pretty much there. Home Alone, I, that is like one of the few Christmas movies that I do feel like it's not Christmas until I've watched it. Right. And I don't get like that about a lot of movies. Like I love It's a Wonderful Life and everything, but I don't need to watch it every December. 
I kind of need to watch Home Alone every December. And that's because it's like the millennial Christmas movie. Yeah. And us being elder millennials. Uh, <laughs> elder? <laughs> I was born in a later part of the same year as you, so I'm a younger millennial. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, but I feel like they, that's our It's a Wonderful Life for like our parents. How about that? Okay. And I can't stop recommending the first one enough. Oh, it's so good. And like, really, like, we can talk all day about what a great screenwriter John Hughes was. This might be like, in a lot of ways, just his tightest script. Mm -hmm. Where like, if you really want to be a screenwriter, this is a screenplay to study. Like, really look at how he's setting things up and paying them off later. How he's establishing character without even the audience realizing that they're being fed exposition. Like, it's... Right. Yes. Like, like even the very first person we see basically is Harry casing the house and we don't even right. realize it at first. You and and the gold tooth plays more uh yeah. like has it kind of has a um check up not really a Chekhov's gun moment but kind of a Chekhov's gun moment. Yeah, I mean it, it becomes a signifier. Mm, that becomes yes that's the word more, i want to use yeah 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 and i will say like i have an eight-year-old nephew and a five-year-old niece who are both obsessed with this movie they love it they love this movie oh good jen alpha's getting into it great so would we recommend these movies we kind of said that already um yes, yes to well, the first one sure uh yeah yeah, I, I feel like the second one, uh, in terms of like your nieces and your nieces, um, maybe wait until they're like, the youngest one is eight to mm. watch it. Because mm. I feel like, or 10 or something, like, you know, their maturity level, like wait until they're mature to watch it. Because it's a little like, in reality, it's a little scarier. Cause like, you don't, you obviously don't want these kids to copy that one. Like you don't want the kids to copy the traps in any of these, but like, right. that's the one that you're like, this is a movie. Well, and it's also like, Hey, if you ever find yourself in a large city by yourself, call somebody. Right. And like, this is also a different time period with New York right. city where before, you know, they cleaned up the city and gentrified it and everything. Yeah. But like, I would recommend it. I, I, it's not going to offend anybody, I don't It's think. not going to, no, no, but like. Home Sweet Home Alone might. Fuck that and, movie. And I just mean, and I don't mean like offend you on a moral level. I just mean offend people on an artistic level. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I would say if you want to just watch Home Sweet Home Alone once and just to experience it. Because like, I don't Ellie Kemper. Yeah, I don't hate that I watched it twice. I'll put it, I don't feel like I wasted my time. I didn't waste my money because I was already paying for the streaming service. Right. So like, don't go see it in the theaters. Watch it on Disney Plus. Maybe be a little inebriated when you watch it. Yeah. And like, honestly, just have low, yeah, like you said, basically have low expectations. Um, And like, I mean, if you're curious, I'm not going to, like, discourage anyone from watching it. Mm -hmm. 
just know that everyone involved has done something better. Right. Yes. Watch <laughs> like, Jojo Rabbit instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. A feel-good holiday movie about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, it is, and it is genuinely a more feel-good movie than this one. I wish nothing but the best for that kid, though. In he's all honesty, a, he's adorable. I think he seems like a very bright, like you said, he's got great timing. Mm-hmm. Like we all kind of know my feelings about child actors. And if you don't know my feelings about child actors is that I usually hate them. Mm-hmm. But like Macaulay Culkin, that kid whose name I don't know, and I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I feel like has something yeah. that like, uh we can work with in future move in better projects he's not overly precious or precocious i want him to work with taika waititi more how's that yeah listen if taika does another movie in the mold of hunt for the wilder people this kid would be great for that or just a cameo in like um uh what we do in the shadows too or whatever like yeah or show up in Thor. I don't care. That I just would actually, the kid. That would be kind of funny if he played a child vampire. Or he's like young Thor or something. How, come on, how <laughs> stupidly funny would that be? Young Thor? Yes. Put like a blonde like, wig on that kid. To keep the glasses. Yes. <laughs> this is a kid who, at the very least, it seems like he understands the tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's huge because the tone is very particular. Right. Anyway, so our final question. Are these movies actually the same? Home Sweet Home Alone has, is not. I will say that right, uh, right off the bat. They have similar beats, but I don't think it's like we have a different storyline for the quote-unquote villains, if yeah. you will. The robbers. It, it does, I, it changes the point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I see, I see it as, I see it as being similar as the other two, but not, not like the same, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, I do feel like though, for Home Alone and Home Alone 2 are the same movie. I'm going to say they, it. They change the setting. And as we said earlier, that changes some of the tension within the movie. Right. But, but it's, it's pretty much the same. When you boil it down, it's the same. Yeah. But like, but like, Home Sweet Home Alone has similar elements, but is not the same movie. Yeah, you know what? I will give them credit for trying a different thing. Yes, yes. I imagine everyone... all of those ones we skipped in between were the same thing. Oh, I, I, I'm so happy we didn't watch them because I think I would have <laughs> lost my damn mind. <laughs> We're done with the episode. Oh my God, fucking finally. Do you want to do the plugs or do you want me to do them? I'll do plugs. Okay. Uh, you can find me. I pretend like I have a Twitter on at Movies John. Uh, I also have my other podcast. Uh, I almost said Movie Deja Vu. That's wrong. That's this one. <laughs> I have my other podcast, Life's But a Song. Shady has been in like, an- like another co-host on that one. <laughs> if you will she's uh, one of my all-stars uh you, you can follow I, I do i do feel like i haven't been in enough episodes lately <laughs> we'll we'll talk okay. after the zoom recording <laughs> but okay. um um you can find that 
anywhere where you're listening to this podcast and um, mostly on Instagram at Buttasung Pod. I'm going to just do yours since I'm here already. You can follow Shady <laughs> on Twitter at Cookie Shady. That's right. Uh, Shady, what kind of dessert are you? Oh, can uh, I give you a dessert? Can I give you a dessert? Oh, yes. I have a few actually running in my head. <gasps> Just say all of them. Okay, so you're a sugar plum. You're a gingerbread person. Uh, you're a sugar cookie. You are a butter cookie. You're a um, uh, a, a gingerbread house. You're oh. um, uh, like the, the, the Italian cookie variety pack that you get at a deli. Uh, you the are Pizzelles ev- or I no 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 like you know like the variety pack that you get in like a tray that has like the oh, cellophane yes. wrapping okay. around it. That's yeah. what you are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're you're also you're like every dessert. How's that? <laughs> because I holidays, that. holidays. Except for birthday cakes. That's not I what just, you are right now. No, not birthday cakes. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to reach out to us and talk, talk about a home, home alone, or I don't know your holiday traditions. Um, tell do us you, we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. Do you agree that home alone is like the holiday movie for millennials? You can email us at movie at gmail.com. That is M O V I E D E J A V U P O D at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at movie sometimes and we're on twitter <laughs> super sometimes at movie deja vu <laughs> no pod why is that shady because in our mad rush to get on the plane we forgot it oh no <gasps> shady and i are gonna take a little bit of a hiatus i know that this episode isn't part of like our usual you know every other week we're gonna take a little bit of a hiatus celebrate the we recorded this way before like before the holiday season so we're gonna you know hang out with our families we'll be back in 2022 at some point and uh maybe on our socials we'll announce what we're doing uh before the episode comes out we'll try that maybe who knows (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Be safe. Be kind to everyone. Yes. Um, We're still in a pandemic, so please be socially responsible about everything. I know we try not to be as political about the current world. Well, it's it's kind of sad that this needs to be a political thing, but do get the booster from all the research that I have done. And medical professionals I know have done the booster helps a lot. Right. What? No matter what, which, uh, which, yeah, it does. Uh, it doesn't team matter. You are. One. Yeah. I'm Team Pfizer. I'm Team Moderna. Oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no, oh no. Bella Swan is gonna fight over both of us. <laughs> um, and you know what? We'll see you all in 2022, where hopefully the world won't be on fire. Oh, I love that. Hooray! Bye for now, everyone! Bye.